Welcome to the St. Anne Roman Catholic Podcast, coming to you from Gilbert, Arizona. We pray that God will bless your time as you listen. We celebrate today the Feast of the Epiphany of our Lord. Well, Epiphany is supposed to take place on January 6th. If you check your calendars, we're January 8th. So why is that? Well, the bishops move the obligation of Epiphany to the nearest Sunday between January 2nd and January 8th. This isn't something new. The Third Plenary Council of Baltimore in 1884 translated the obligation of the Feast of Epiphany. And part of the reason is, here in America, Christmas has soaked up the whole season. In the very ancient church, Epiphany was more important than Christmas. Epiphania, it means to shine a light upon, to manifest something. In our imagination, we think that Epiphany is about the three wise men, and that's only a part of it. The ancient church, and even still today, keeps in the breviary the antiphon for the Benedictus at morning prayer, and the antiphon for the Magnificat at evening prayer. Here's the antiphons. Today the bridegroom claims his bride. The church, since Christ has washed her sins away in Jordan's waters, the magi hasten with their gifts to the royal wedding. And the wedding guests rejoice, for Christ has changed water into wine. Alleluia. And the antiphon for evening prayer. Three mysteries mark this holy day. Today the star leads the magi to the infant Christ. Today water is changed into wine for the wedding feast. Today Christ wills to be baptized by John in the river Jordan to bring us salvation. Epiphany are manifestations of the divinity of the child born at Christmas. They're little insights into who Jesus is. So the three magi bring to Jesus in Bethlehem gold because he's a king. They pay him tribute. Incense because he's divine. He's to be worshipped and myrrh, a special spice used for anointing the body at burial, kind of casting a shadow already that the reason for this birth comes to fruit on the cross and in the tomb. At the wedding feast in Cana, Jesus did the first of his miracles and he changed water into wine, instituting along the way 
the sacrament of holy matrimony. And the Gospels tell us his disciples began to believe in him when they saw this manifestation of his power. When Jesus goes to uh, the river Jordan to be baptized by John, he doesn't do it because he needs baptism. There's no repentance that he needs to do. But he steps into the place of Israel, in our place, and he receives baptism in order that he might sanctify the waters of the baptism for salvation that we are to receive. These are the three great mysteries, the epiphanies. In the East, they would call them theophanies, a shining forth of divinity. Theos means God. We miss a lot of this stuff, principally because we're more concerned with checking the box on our Sunday obligation. And we are very little concerned with what the liturgy actually teaches us. Now, that may not be entirely your fault. We have priests with accents, priests who speak too fast, sound systems that are horrible and you can't follow along. And then essentially what happens, even though we've done all this work in the liturgical movement to lay out the treasures and riches of the liturgy for the people, is that the liturgy, by and large, still is this hidden thing known only to priests because we are in the Missal all the time and we pray the breviary and so we know these deep treasures. What I'm going to suggest to you then, get yourself a Missal, a hand missile for Mass. I don't know if it's the case anymore, but it used to be for many, many decades. When you made your first communion, one of the gifts that you were sure to receive was a hand missile with all of the prayers of the church in it. Now, my preference is the daily Roman missile because it has all of the readings, all of the prayers, all of the prefaces, it's a little complicated. You have to learn to move ribbons around and know where the dates are at. But once you begin to use it and learn it, you can actually get by pretty easily. The other option is to get one of those subscription services, like the Magnificat, which will basically give you everything that you need for the month. The beauty of the Magnificat is it's also going to include in it some reflections, and some of the prayers from morning and evening prayer. And so you'll begin to learn those as well. The other and the cheapest option is to go for like the five to $10 yearly book that you buy that gives you the Sundays and solemnities. Get yourself one of these books and begin to incorporate it into your prayer. Pay careful attention to the phrases of the prayers, the opening prayer, the prayer over the gifts, the post-communion prayer, the prefaces. 
inside what you essentially find is the whole church's contemplation. The contemplation of the saints, the doctors of the church, the mystics, the great preachers like St. Augustine and St. John Christosom. And so you begin to be able to enter in deeply to the mysteries because you're able to mm, savor the fruit of the ancient church's contemplation. Now there is a difficulty here. This isn't like reading a catechism. A catechism is very straightforward. It puts into prose what it is that we as Catholics believe. The liturgy is not prose. The liturgy is sung praise. And therefore it is poetry. It uses poetic elements, symbolic language, in order to manifest to us the faith of the church. And that means you can't just read a Sunday and memorize it and you got it. Poetry is something that you savor, that you go over again and again and again, that you pray the words with until it enters even more deeply into the heart. That's my suggestion for you. If you really want to know what it is that we believe. Okay, so how do all these three mysteries end up? Well, let's start out with the Annunciation. Who knows that Jesus is the divine Messiah at the Annunciation? The angel and Mary. Who finds out that Jesus is the divine Messiah at the Visitation? Well, Mary knows. John the Baptist and his mother womb knows. And Elizabeth knows. And I think St. Joseph knows. Um, I think Mary told him before she left. I can't prove that. But at least by his dream, he knows. At Christmas, who knows that Jesus is the divine Messiah? Angels and shepherds. And whoever was guest and friends and family that happened to be around the cave. That's it. Nobody else knows. At the coming of the three wise men, Persians, Gentiles, in them the whole world comes to know who Jesus is. We're included in these Gentiles who come from afar to worship a Jewish king who is Christ the Lord. Unless some of us have some Jewish blood, right? If we're lucky enough for that. At the River Jordan, John the Baptist and his disciples who follow him are made aware of Jesus' divine mission. And at the wedding feast in Cana, his disciples begin to believe in him. We don't get this fruit if we come to liturgy but have secular minds. Because then for us, Epiphany is just the three wise men. We only get this fruit if we regularly and consistently 
contemplate the text of the liturgies and make them our own. And so I do encourage you not to just take my suggestion and say, eh, I got better things to do. Let the liturgy enrapture your heart, illuminate your minds, so that you might finally come to know the Christ who is made manifest to us in the sacred liturgy of the church. Amen. Thank you for listening to the St. Anne Roman Catholic Podcast. For additional podcasts and media, visit us on the web at www.sanneaz.org. Again, that's www.stanneaz.org. St. Anne, pray for us.